Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome to episode 49 of the Gather Moms podcast. We are thrilled to announce that we have a special guest today, Rebecca Lyons, and so happy to have her with us because she's also going to be with us at the mom event, October 22nd and 23rd in Rockwall at Lake Point Church. You can find out more information about the event by going to lakepoint.church slash mom. Rebecca is an incredible, wise woman, and you are going to just want to listen to this episode over and over because of all the wonderful things she had to say. She has a new book out called A Surrendered Yes that we talk about. It's actually a devotional, and it's so good. And she has a podcast with her husband called Rhythms for Life. So listen to the interview with Rebecca Lyons. Hey, Rebecca. My goodness, we are so excited to have you with us. We're so thankful that you're here today on the Gather Moms podcast, and we're especially thankful because we get to be with you in person for our mom event. I know. I am so thrilled to be with you guys. I cannot wait. Thanks for having me. Of course. And you have a busy schedule because I think I saw on your website that like the next day you're in another state. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I I am because my husband and I host these retreats at um, this horse ranch and we do these couples retreats and, and emotional health retreats and rhythms retreats and marriage retreat. So we love it, but I, I love speaking just to women though, but, but it's super fun doing stuff with my husband for couples as well. That is awesome. That sounds very dreamy to go to a horse ranch as, on a couple's retreat. Can we come? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we could leave the next yeah. day, right? Let's go. I I know. I'm like, well, we've got to wait. Let's start it for April. So I can send <laughs> oh, you the link when no. we're done. <laughs> okay. She said no. She said, hold up. Yeah. Okay. Let's do her with the wait list. <laughs> you're like, so, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we would love to know, first of all, what momming looks like for you. So our audience is Gather Moms and we love connecting with other mamas and just kind of hearing what your world looks like. So how many kids do you have? How old are they? Just kind of give us a rundown of what your life looks like. Absolutely. I have four children ranging from 20 down to eight. Wow. So my oldest Cade and he has a down syndrome diagnosis. So he is in a job training program here. He graduated from high school already. Awesome. And that's a four-year program through our County, which is awesome. And then my son Pierce is 18 and we just launched him to college, which is we miss him. It's been two months without his presence in the home, which has really been a transition. Um, it's a first season of not all my littles under one roof. So that's, we are adjusting. We are, yeah. there's a moment there's, there's probably one teary day a week for me right Aww. now oh, um, my goodness. because he is that kid. Like he's just a light. He's wonderful. And then, um, Kennedy is 16. She is a junior in high school. And then we decided to adopt Joy, who is eight, and she also has a Down syndrome diagnosis. We brought her home from China almost three years ago. So yeah, so we just decided to start over, I guess. At 40-something, we went back to kindergarten. <laughs> so we're in all the seasons. That is amazing. My my two older kids, um, 
we had our, they're eight years apart, my oldest and my youngest. And so when we had our youngest, we reset the clock kind of like that. And we were like, what did we do? Mm -hmm. This is kind of wild. Cause you, you don't realize kind of how good you have it when they're all school age <laughs> and then I know. you throw a baby in the mix and you're like, oh my goodness, we are starting over. And this, do we remember how to do this? You know? I know it is. I mean, we had prom and pull-ups all at the same time. Wow. That's that, a book that title, first... Rebecca. I think that's a book title, <laughs> prom and pull-ups. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, we're in all of it. And there's a couple of things I didn't really think through, which was like, I'm older than all her friends' moms, right? Sure. You know, because she's eight and I'm, you know, not that <laughs> mom. Um, unless people waited a little longer to get married or maybe had kids a little later. Um, and then the other thing is she's in a home with five adults, essentially. So sure. it's different to kind of coordinate like the toddlerville or the elementary stuff, because normally if you have a couple kids there, you're doing all the things. So this year we were like, we must go to the pumpkin patch for joy, yes. <laughs> you know, like those things that would be like automated when we had like a bunch of littles. Now we're like, we must do this for her. We must take her to Disney World before she realizes that she's the only child who's never been to Disney World or anything uh, like it. She's talking my language, Kate. I love me some <laughs> Disney World. Rebecca, do you love Disney World? Do you, does your family love it? I grew up an hour and a half from there in St. Petersburg. So I definitely had my fill and growing up. And then once we had kids, it was like my excuse to go back. But now, you know, it's definitely going to be more for like Cade will go there forever. He loves Disney World and Joy. So we're kind of like, we're going to forever go there every few years or something like that. So meanwhile, Joy has not been. COVID happened. Right. So we waited. And now we're like, okay, um, we need to make this happen. So we've just been talking about that as a family. It's fun to relive it. You know, it's almost like you having grandkids, but not quite yet. But you're getting to relive <laughs> oh. like all the things you did 15 years ago. Yes. Um, with with her. So it's fun. That's fun. I totally get that. So I sent my youngest off to kindergarten um, this year. And this summer, I was like, I don't know if I've taught her how to use scissors correctly. Like all these things that, you know, you're very intentional about with your first two and then they breeze past those and you forget it. So I love what you're saying. Cause I was just thinking we used to take the two bigger kids all the time to this really neat pumpkin festival thing. And we haven't been in years cause they've gotten older. And I'm like, Oh, we need to do this. Caroline needs pictures too of yes. her out doing these fun little kid things. Yes. Yeah. Well, I and we were know. talking about, we have a state fair in Texas and yeah. so it's state fair time in Texas and I'm taking my kids today. And Kate was like, we're not going to the fair. So do you feel it now? That five-year-old needs to go to the fair, Kate. I know Take she her. was really sad. Rebecca, do you know that we have the Texas State Fair? And the kids I get, they get the day off of school and a free ticket yes. to go. It's a that big is, deal. That is I, that is no joke. I mean, that is positive peer pressure if I've ever heard it. So like you cannot not go, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but the whole thing is a racket. It's super expensive. Oh, it's so expensive. It is yeah. so hot because in Texas, it is not fall yet. I'm so sorry, but the cold oh, air has not yes. hit us. So yeah, I get it. Oh my goodness. That's well, hilarious. We're going to try to make it next year. Okay, good. So Rebecca, this season on the Gather Moms podcast, we're talking about more. And the idea behind that is that, you know, we feel like moms just, they want more. They want more than just trying to make it through each day, laying down at the end of the day, just exhausted and wondering like, what did I even do today? And so just to kind of kick that off, what are you, what's something you're always wanting more of as a mom? And it could be silly and lighthearted, or it could be deep and meaningful. You could pick <laughs> which lane. You know, it prop those two things probably go hand in hand. You know, the silly and lighthearted helps the deep and meaningful happen, I think. Yeah. Um, 
So sometimes I just want to dump and jump into the deep end and be like, I want to connect more. I want, I want you to share with me like all your deepest needs and longings and desires. Cause I can hold that space. And I love that space that I've learned that each kid has different personalities. And for some, it's easier to start with a lighthearted thing um, to where there is kind of more of a safety net for vulnerability. I'm one who is raw and what you see is what you get. There's not a lot of guessing (laughs) as to how I'm doing. I have tried to have a little better self-control as I've matured. Uh, But in general, I'm just a very honest, open person. Yeah. My husband is deeply honest as well, but he's less open. You know, you kind of have to, you know, like, again, if we were both honest and open all the time, probably too much. So it's good to kind of counterbalance one another. But I've also learned that that dynamic of my personality and his personality also plays out in our kids. So I've learned with certain kids to go, hey, this, this shit, we just need to play. Um, And then if, if, if the iron is hot and you strike, right. And then they're like willing to talk. Um, and then at the same point, there's a, a, a child who is very honest and open and able to jump in the deep end very quickly. And that there's an ease to that, which is wonderful. So I guess short answer, not so short is that I would crave, I just crave more togetherness. Um, I crave, uh, like a real connection where there is just where there isn't anything hidden. And I think we do it, you know, maybe my measure and my bar is too high because I think we do very much do that. And people would from the outside and see us as a close family. Um, and I think sometimes as moms, we're trying to maybe autocorrect what we missed growing up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we're, sure. we're kind of yeah. pressing, we're trying to, and it's not a fault to our parents. They're, they did the same thing to their parent. They're trying to autocorrect. Like right. we're all, like that pendulum kind of goes back and forth a little bit of what we press the gas on more or the brake on because we're trying to maybe fill what there's a longing there of something that maybe we lost or missed along the way. And, and yet in the end, we're still raising humans with their own, you know, agency, personalities, independence, desires, and wants, and we can't try to quantify them into our autocorrectedness. So there is a sense of like, even this morning with the Lord on a walk, I was just like, I release again, my version of what um, all the outputs of our family should feel like, yeah. because these, these are real humans yeah. who, who need to just wrestle this out with you. I can't be the one who's trying to fix or helicopter or micromanage. Good. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's good for me to be reminded of that because clearly when I try, it doesn't work anyways. Well, and especially we have a lot of moms who have launched kiddos into college. Rebecca and I aren't there yet, but especially connecting with, you know, your son who's off at college are how are you doing that well where you're able to to get to that space with him, uh, you know, with the distance and everything where you're not pressing too hard, but you're pressing enough. How are you navigating that? Well, with him, it's actually he and I are the same human. Like we are very wired the same. So I can call him on Saturday and be three minutes in and just be crying. And he's like, mom, I'm so sorry. I miss you so much too. And like, we just, we, it's very easy for us to go deep quick. We're both artists. We're both like feelers. We feel first and think second. Um, and, and in the same way, it's easier for Gabe and Kennedy to connect. They're very wired the same. They get each other. They, so I would say, thankfully he's my first that I've launched. So I feel like we are very connected 
Um, now, granted, we could also go a couple of weeks out talking, but the minute we start talking, it's like, we're right back there, heart level. Cool. And, um, but I do think you, even with kids that are less on a heart level, don't give up. It's like, just cultivate their love language, right? Like cultivate what they need and what, what makes them feel safe because when they feel safe, then they will be vulnerable. And part of that isn't making them be vulnerable on your timetable. Right. That's good. I love that because my oldest is a boy too. And so I always think, oh, is he going to go off and just live his life? And it's all these friends that have girls that are like, oh, we talk all the time. She Uh texts me every day. So that gives me such hope that when I can launch my son, we're still going to have a close relationship. We, when you think about motherhood and you just think about, you know, it's just such a crazy season. It kind of ebbs and flows. You've got some times where you feel like you've figured out that season and you have everything under control and then you hit a new season and you're relearning everything. When you think about the mom that are listening today, what would you say that you want more for them? Like, what would you want moms to have more of in their motherhood journey? Hmm. I would say what I'd love for them is what the same thing I'd love for myself is just more vitality, more um, resilience, you know, perseverance, endurance, all the things that you know, suffering actually produces all those things. Let's yes. be honest. We would like to avoid the suffering, but get to the overcomer, you know, victory place. And yes. yet the truth is the suffering does produce um, endurance, which produces character, which produces hope. And so unfortunately we are going to have bumps along the way in motherhood that give us a choice. Like those, those trials are going to give us a choice to accept the things we cannot change. And then surrender those things, um, back to God and go, you love them more than I, you, you see you, all their days were written and planned before one of them began. I am, I am just a steward of this season and hopefully they will still like me when they leave home. Um, I want to be in friendship with them, but in the end they're yours. And as a result of that surrendered place, there are times where I have to consistently go. The only way I can be healthy in vitality and resilience is to give them back to God very frequently, very frequently, very consistently, especially if I feel defeated because I didn't handle something well and I feel regret or I might feel shame attached to that. And it then goes back to God again, because that's what anyone wants to do. He wants to condemn you in the role that God has appointed for you. And, and I would just say when that begins and when that narrative and that lie repeats itself, you just have to reject and renounce that lie. God has appointed and entrusted you because you are the girl, (laughs) you are the mom, you are the one that he has given that assignment to. And it's because he knows that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. So it's okay. It's okay to fail. Um, as long as you let that pain and that failure have purpose, like that, that there's something you take from it, that it, that it yields greater perseverance and greater character and greater hope. So while I have done a million things wrong as a mother, I still walk this morning with gratitude and gladness in the Lord that while I might not be doing it all well, perfectly, um, at all that God holds them. He sees them and he has grace that is enough for me and for them and for Gabe and for all of us. Girl. And I can, I can give that back to him again. That'll preach. Yes. I just, I love the idea that like that word vitality. I usually don't ever hear that. No, it's But there's something that stirs inside you when you hear it and you think, I want that. I want vitality. I want to feel excited and eager for what the Lord has for me instead of feeling beat down all the time. Yeah. 
And the way to get that is that release that you're talking about of, mm-hmm. of seeing your role as their mom correctly in this, this situation we get to steward well and not taking on what's not supposed to be yours. Exactly. Exactly. Love that, Rebecca. So while good. We, Go ahead. While we were talking, I looked up the definition of vitality because I'm kind of a vocabulary nerd, but it's um, the, the state of being strong and active with energy. Um, or the power giving continuance of life present in all living things. And when you think about exhaustion, obviously would be the opposite, the counter defeated and exhausted would be the counter to vitality and resilience. And so then I kept, I, you have to go back to kind of, I've looked at the way I've had to proactively reestablish my life a couple of years ago when I wrote rhythms of renewal, it was all about like, it's never too late to reestablish what you want your life to be about. And it meant that I can either react to the the tsunami of fear and chaos that are that could take place in our home, or I could set myself apart from that with intention and deliberation and go, no, I'm not. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll get what you're getting. But if you want a shift in perspective toward vitality, then you have to be very vigilant in proactive ways to establish these spiritual disciplines and guardrails of rhythms that allow you to have a a chance (laughs) of some symbol of vitality in your life. And so for me, there's just, there's these rules of resilience that I have to put in place that go, they're really not optional. I mean, God commands rest. He, um, he tells us to steward our bodies with integrity in what we put in them and how we move them. He, he says we are a communal people made by a communal God. So relationships, we don't get the option to check out. Right. And then finally, he says that he's prepared um, work and calling for us in advance that we should not be shrinking back from. So if those four things are true and they're mandated by God, then, then how do we approach those in very tangible, practical ways that set us up for maybe not just success? Because success to me is really more defined by a growing faith and dependence on his strength. Yes. God, that's good. So I love your rhythms of renewal and I've heard you speak about that. And I remember hearing you speak about how in the evening you start turning the lights off, you know, so it's starting to tell the house and tell yourself and your children, you know, okay, we're, we're moving to lamps. We're starting to slow down. And I picture you going around your house and doing this in like a real, like sweet way where it's real calm. And it's like, okay, we're turning down the house. <laughs> and in my house, I adopted that, but it's more for me. I'm like lamps. Everybody turn on lamps. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. No, it's Alexa now. I, We're like, Alexa, turn off the house lights. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I call it hush the house. There you go. To me, it's like. That sounds like, so okay, sweet and yeah, calm. It's, that's, I'm not executing at that level. I'm going to be honest well, with you. It, it, de- it depends on like who your mom was. Hush could have been like, hush. Or it could have been like, okay, everyone, let's just hush the yeah. house. Yeah. For me, it was probably somewhere in the middle. But um, I definitely think I'm an introvert. And, um, the older you get, the more, there's a awesome book called, um, I guess it's the powerful purpose of introverts, but the older you get, the more introverted you naturally become, you know, like it does not matter as you age, the music just gets too loud and there's too many lights on and there's just too many people talking at once, you know? And so as I'm aging, I'm realizing, um, okay, I I need this for myself. And so I'm going to establish because moms are the barometer of the home. They set the temperature, they set the climate. Um, They, it is very normal and natural for me every evening, just go around the house. It's not a very big house. And I literally just dim all the lights, turn off a lot of them and then dim the ones that are loud. 
left on. And then it's like screens are, they're going to their happy place. They are no longer present in your bedroom. Um, books, it's book time. And it's just even that or a warm bath or whatever it is, candles. Um, it is just this idea of like your body is ready to sleep. So let's help it out. Let's not put a love blue it. light in front of your face. It's constantly saying, wake up. Yes. Love it. So I also love your new devotional. I got a surrendered. Yes. And I liked it so much that I bought a copy for a friend. I just gave that to her for a birthday present. And I also love just what a good job you do of putting together resources for mom. So I took the quiz for your healthiest. Yes. Oh. And mine was dreams, which totally surprised me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, So did, did, okay, I'll tell you what that means. I mean, if your healthiest yes is dreams, it means you really like to imagine and um, with God, like, what could this look like? Or what would this be? Or, or maybe one day we could try this. Or what if we tried something like this now? It's almost this imaginative, um, like, what could God do yeah. with this? Does yeah. that resonate at all? Or are you kind of like, no, I wish I had that, but no. <laughs> it does resonate in the sense that I want more of that because I think a lot of times mm. that God gives me a vision or a passion for something and I get stuck in the minutia of execution. And so I have a hard time believing that it's possible to do this big mm. thing because I look at my capacity and, uh, you know, what I have available. And so when I saw that, I thought I want to lean more into that healthy part of me. I want to dream bigger and not say no, where God is potentially saying yes. Mm-hmm. I found when, um, tech detox that chapter in rhythms of renewal, when I took 90 days or like a whole summer, so three months off of Instagram for the first time in seven years, three things happened. I started, um, learning again, sleeping again, but then I started dreaming again. And I didn't mean like dreaming because I sleep. Of course, if you sleep, you do dream, but I meant more like dreaming when I would write in my journal every day, like my ongoing dialogue with God, all of a sudden these ideas started surfacing just this like, Oh, like excitement. Again, this is back to that idea of vitality. It's like, huh, where you could imagine or consider a possibility that maybe you hadn't had any, you're in, when you're in survival mode, dreams are not an option. So it's more going, but it felt like, oh, and this was stirred and spurred on, not by looking at what somebody else was doing. Cause I wasn't, there was no copy or comparing. It was more like God just was planning these little ideas in my heart to put down. And so I do think when we make space and get quiet and silence the noise of what everyone else is doing, God wants to remind us of those God dreams he's already planted in us and just kind of bring those back to the surface. So maybe that's, Maybe that's a little reminder for that. I love it. Um, I have tears in my eyes because I feel like the Lord is using you to speak to me because I have heard him saying, you need space. You need space Mm. where you can get alone with me and hear from me and just quiet it down because I have things I want to talk to you about and show you. And so anyway, Mm. that's so interesting. I'm trying to keep it together over here. Um, So it's just really interesting for you to say that. I think though in our especially in the mom culture, it feels like you're constantly looking at what someone else is doing because it's supposed to spur in you ideas for how you can mother better. Uh And I think what that does is it takes away from God the opportunity to speak into you what he wants for Uh your motherhood. And so instead of seeking out God's desires, we're just trying to copy everybody else because we see it working for them. Yeah. 
And so, Rebecca, yeah. what I hear you saying is, look, the things that God's planted in you, they're there. They just may be silenced because you're so busy looking at all these other dreams that God's given other people thinking, well, I could do that or I want that or I wish I had that. When instead, if we would just get silent before the Lord and like you said, get off Instagram and get off social media and just go, God, what do you want for my family? What yeah. do you want for me? Yeah. That he has a word to speak to you. We're just too busy looking at other people. good. Yeah, I absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, God appointed you to be a mother long before social media and he put everything in you. What he has begun in you, he is faithful. He is faithful. Not Instagram is faithful. Mm -hmm. He is faithful to complete. And I do truly believe that the gold and the gems are in those secret places, that sacred space of stillness and quiet. Um, That's why I begin with the rest rhythm every day. It's like rest begins at night when you prepare, you know, hush the house. But if you hopefully have a good night's sleep, it begins with your morning, that real true deep well, that wellspring of meditation where, um, and communion with God, where everything from there is an overflow. I'm like, you'll just be shocked the insights that the Holy spirit can give when you just ask direct questions. Like I, I was even in, you know, I wake up sometimes earlier than I prefer, but when I do, I feel like the Lord is prompting me towards something. So last night I was just like, what are the fears that, what are the lies? Cause I'm reading John Mark Comer's book or not. What are the lies that are invisible to me that I've actually bought into the narratives yeah. that are in, indicated? And one immediately I heard was I need everything to be okay. So I can be okay. Wow. And that meant like my space, like everything I, I like purging is my way of control. Um, and when you look at that, even in an eating disorder, like purging is anything disordered is a way of control. Like if right. this is okay, then my inner life can be okay. And then all of a sudden I heard, um, I need everyone to be okay. So I can be okay. So not only do I need my home to be perfect, I need my people to be perfect so that I still feel like I'm okay. And I'm like, where did this begin? And all of a sudden we took, go down this rabbit trail. And I think the Lord is trying to pull back these layers out offline, offline. No one is going to give you this insight on Instagram live. I'm not saying that the Lord's not using these mediums of podcasts. Absolutely. He does. Sure. But, but the, the secret sauce, right? Like the tip of the arrow, like the, the definition of his hand on your life, the narrow tip of the arrow focus is going to be revealed by him alone. And it's through his word. It's through maybe a confirmation through something someone says, like what I'm doing for you now, but the Lord had already pointed you that way. And I just reminded you of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is to me. When I got offline and uh, I was definitely on Instagram a lot those first few years, but as I've slowly backed away, my presence as a mother has shifted dramatically. My presence as a wife has shifted dramatically. Um, And then my desires as a result um, have shifted because I just kind of come back to go, these are the ones who are going to surround my bed when I encounter Jesus and I need, I need to be faithful here first, trusting that God has given me everything I need to be the role that he's entrusting me as their wife, as his wife and as their mom. Love it. Gosh, that's so good. It puts it in such perspective. No, it does. And I think it's such a good reminder for us as moms, you know, heading into this fall season where the calendar gets really crazy yeah, and you kind of feel like you're checking boxes to make sure your kids have all these experiences and Uh things and going, wait a second, what's more important is for me to just be with them, just to be present in their life. Yeah. Mm. So 
we were talking about a surrendered yes, and I really do love it. I appreciate Rebecca so much, just how raw and real you are in the way that you share, you know, some of your stories. I mean, they're, they're, they're painful. And, and I'm so thankful that you are willing to just be very raw about these things that you've experienced. And I'm curious, what led you to write the devotional surrendered? Yes. Well, I felt like, um, you know, we all want a life of meaning and purpose and significance, but, um, and I wanted that. And, but I, I know now through just the actual knowing like deep in my bones through what God has done and transformation is that meaning follows surrender. It's not the other way around. We don't just go uh, like out in life, just this lofty ambition to like serve God and make an impact for him. And, but God's going like, actually your pain is what is anointed. Like the passion that we carry to change the world is rooted in the definition. The root word of passion means to suffer. And we don't want to do that. None of us want to do that. But Christ is saying to us in Romans eight at the end, he says, you are no longer fearful slaves. You're sons of daughters of God. And because you are my heirs, you get the inheritance and you also get to share in my suffering Mm. to Christ. It was a treasured gift to bestow upon us that we would actually have the gift and the privilege to share one tiny little drop of what his suffering actually was for us, that we would actually carry that same level of um, stewardship and responsibility to suffer on behalf of someone else, to suffer on behalf of, um, because we know that freedom is costly. It costs everything from him for us to walk a free life. And I think in, in the same vein, when I wrote You Are Free, I felt like writing that book was costly for me. It, yeah. it cost a lot to really bear and walk out some of the burdens that yielded fruit, right? But you think about anything that yields real fruit in the world, anything that's going to actually have lasting kingdom impact is going to be tilled. It's going to be pruned. It's going to be cut. It's going to, you know, some of it's going to just fade away and burn. It's like, That is the abiding life where all the yuck comes to the surface. We give it to him. We surrender the things we can't control, which motherhood is at the top of the list. And then we say, Lord, take this, whatever you're dredging up and make it pure gold. Refine my heart through that fire, that purifying fire. And then in the end, all of a sudden we get to live out of a joyful thing, but it wasn't because it was cheap. It wasn't because it was like a a silver bullet or a magic pill. It's because the pruning really did produce sanctification where we're like, wow, we actually get to experience being a little more like Christ. We become a little more like Christ because of that tiny ounce of suffering that we now know is what produces faith and hope and love and joy and all those other fruits of the spirit. Well, and that's exactly what motherhood is. We are pruning our children. I mean, each and every day Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help them take away the stuff that doesn't work and add in the stuff that does. And so it's so interesting to me that as moms, we're so eager to do that for our families, but we're not eager for the Lord to do that with us because like you said, it's painful and it hurts. But when Mm -hmm. we see the benefit in our children, I know just in my own kids, when they go through hard stuff, it's like they grow leaps and bounds. For sure. Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. we want that own thing for our own life? You know, Lord, I want to grow that way too. Help me grow that way. Yeah. Well, and as his daughters, I mean, basically scripture, scripture says the Lord corrects those he loves. Right. 
I mean, and even conviction is a gift of the spirit. It's not a curse. It's, it's saying, Hey, I want to make sure that you're aware of this blind spot so that you and I can be back in greater communion Yes. because I adore you. And I just want to be with you and sin separates us in yes. relationship. It's all a loving act. It truly. And when we think of it like that, it's like, Oh, what a grace. Thank you, Lord. That the suffering isn't like, I'm going to leave you over here to suffer. It's like, no, this suffering is actually going to make me so close and near you. You like, there won't be a moment where you don't feel my presence. That's right. And in the end there, that's the prize. Love that. I'm sure we have some mamas listening right now that are struggling to say yes to something in their life. Maybe they're worried about the pain or what it's going to cost them. What encouragement would you have for them um, in this season to say yes? Well, when you think of surrender, it's not just suffering, it's letting go. And maybe that feels like suffering, but I do think that surrender ultimately, yes, there are hard seasons you're walking through, but the reason why it is so hard is that you won't let go. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, So I would say this, the suffering gets worse if we don't release it to Jesus. Wow. If we don't go, okay, God, I, I can't control this or stop this or shift this in this moment because what we'll do initially is fight against it and we'll find every way that we can rescue and fix it. And then we get to a point where like, Oh, like for my son, you know, at 26, I don't, I can't change a down syndrome diagnosis that I didn't see coming, even though I feel absolutely ill-equipped and can't believe that like, this is my stewarded assignment because I feel like so scared of that. Right. Mm. The truth is uh, part of surrender is accepting what is accepting what is like, maybe you have someone in your home who's running from God, or you have someone who's suffering with an addiction. Um, You're suffering, whether or not you want to be suffering. The truth is though, at that point, do we invite God into that place of pain and ask him to take, center stage and go, God, I release my desire to be their savior Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. because you are the only one who can pull them out of that pit. And so instead I will come to you every day when I try to take it back, when I try to be the rescue, when I try to be the savior and I'll just go, God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And will you lift my heart and keep me out of despair in the process? And then all of a sudden the suffering feels less like suffering and it feels more like communion. Mm. And in the end, in the so end, deep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's so good. Because then all of a sudden we're like, wow, this is actually better. This is better than it was when I didn't need God so much. Yes. All of a sudden the communion with God in the secret place during a suffering season is sweeter and more eternal um, and kingdom minded than when we were all doing great and, and we were on autopilot. Agree. And I can testify to that 100%. My sweetest times with the Lord have been on my knees at the pit in the in despair when when I was laid out on my back and I looked up and there was just him, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and and that's who I needed. And so I you know, I can I can attest. I'm not ever going to ask God to make my no. life harder so <laughs> yeah so that I can experience that but I can testify to that truth that that those are the times when the Lord has brought me so close and I've experienced him in new ways and I walk with him sweeter now because of those times that were so hard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Rebecca, thank you so much. I am thinking about just as you're sharing, you know, I've had moms that are coming to my mind that are having struggles in their marriage, having struggles with children. And I think they're going to hear this and that God is going to use it to say, I'm here, release this to Mm -hmm. me and let me, let me be the one to walk you through this. And you're going to find how sweet it is to trust in Jesus. And I think that's going to be such a blessing to them. And we want moms to get connected to you so that they can have access to um, your we love Rhythms of Renewal and A Surrendered Yes, both amazing. And you just have so many amazing resources. So how can our moms get connected to you, Rebecca? Yes. Uh, so my husband and I do a Rhythms for Life podcast every week. And that's where you get just these conversations on a weekly basis. I, it's my joy to help serve people, especially in the area of struggling with like emotional, spiritual, relational, mental health. Um uh, because I just know that the Lord really does want to bring us into that place of vitality. And so that's just weekly encouragement there. Um, and then they can just go to Rebecca if they want to, um, you know, give a, give me their text or give me or their whatever email for weekly encouragement there. I just want to serve people where they are and, um, whatever you find on the website that, you know, is something that would interest you, whether it's a resource or, a study, a free study, whatever. Um, my goal is just that you would feel like that you are not alone and this is not the end of your story. Yeah, that's good. Well, and we want you to know that we are specifically praying for you as we draw near to our event in October, October 22nd, where we're going to have you here in the Dallas area. We are praying for you. We are excited for our moms to get to hear from you. And we just know that God's going to do a mighty work that night. So thank you so much for joining us for that event. Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait. Love. I can't wait to be with you guys in person. So thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Rebecca. And um, thanks moms for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Want to link arms with other moms who get you? Join us at the mom event, October 22nd and 23rd. The live event will be at Lake Point Church in Rockwall, Texas. Go to lakepoint.church slash mom to register.